After all, there is nothing real outside our perception of reality, is there? Pas te dire ce que tu peux faire pour moi. Tu vas voir, c'est pas compliqué. Tu me parles pas. Tu me poses pas de questions. If you wish to avoid prosecution, I would advise that you comply with our language laws. This is the Royal Canadian Movie Podcast. Hey there, and welcome to the RCMP. That's the Royal Canadian Movie Podcast. I'm your co-host today, Becky Shrimpton, and with me. Once again, you know you've been waiting for him. Uh, Mr. You? Cameron Mayland. Yes, yeah, yes, they have. Not for good, uh, but, uh, but for, for now, for now yeah, which I'm, I'm very glad to. Thank yes. you for coming. Hey, no problem. Thanks for letting me back in. <laughs> no, it's good. I mean, I was happy to have Danielle. I was happy to have yes. Adam. Everybody was awesome. Lots of great awesome. co-hosts. Totally. Lots of, uh, lots of great interviews. Lots of great... Yeah. Uh, lots of great I missed people. all the cool people as soon as I leave. Uh, we Just get, kidding. Uh, no, there's We've so got a cool person today. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. That's rude, especially when someone's sitting right here. Right here, Yeah. Yeah, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Gonna go ahead and introduce her and bring her right in. Yeah. She's fabulous. We have Joanne Boland with us here today. Hello, hello. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much. Oh, we are so happy to have you. You've been in so many movies. You've been in so much television. <laughs> You're also part of the Elasto Citizens. That's right. Change is... of the world one look at a time. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> because we watched Picture Day and... Oh. You, of course, were in that film as part of the Elasto Citizens. Yeah, that is... was a wild experience. Yeah, I, I playing think... a character, but in your real band and having this amazing thing that like happening around you was one of the most wild and, and amazing having all these camera people on stage with us while we're performing and sort of forgetting that they're there. Because <laughs> the best way you can possibly describe what you guys do is like the arcade fire makes Cirque du Soleil. Yes. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just all over the place and wild and vibrant. And I... And would be terrified for the health and well-being of any camera person that's attempting well, to that's navigate. That's I'm like, equipment. oh my gosh! And like after, I'm like, are you okay? Because we really <laughs> like we go to town when when we're playing and stuff, and I have no awareness of anything. <laughs> and you guys else. shot that. Well, that's at Lee's that you shot that, wasn't it? Uh, we did uh, some of it was at horse at the horseshoe, okay. and then we did some clips as well at Lee's house. Because those are not big stages. No, especially <laughs> the horseshoe. Yeah. Lee's at least that has some space, but the horseshoe, and because you know, some of the time we're a ten to thirteen piece band, and you know, three girls who are doing very large movements, you know. <laughs> it's pretty full on. There's a flail. And in terms of large movements, we're also talking a little bit about the firecracker department today, which is yes. a movement I thoroughly believe in. I talked to Naomi Sneakus earlier on the podcast. It's her kind of movement, but she's wrangled in everybody. Joanne, what are you doing with it? So the biggest thing that when Naomi and I started um, talking about things, because I had done um, an episode of her, of the podcast for the firecracker department. And one of the things I kept bringing up was how important it is to really embrace aging and I feel we're in an industry that especially for women it's almost like well once you hit 40 that's it everything's over and and I feel like the older that I get the better I understand my craft and it's such an interesting time as a person the older that you get and really the end of the day it is a privileged age so what i want to bring to the firecracker department is something i've uh, headed up called the red point which is about embracing the people that have already you know tread the path ahead of us and so that's that's what i'm bringing to it well especially in terms of canadian film and television i'm a huge fan of jackie burrows and yes. i think she's one of those people that like people are like oh you mean Anne hetty and it's like have yeah. you looked at her imdb yes. <laughs> that woman's like history is amazing and everyone i talked to who worked with her was like oh yeah she was vicious she was loud she was rude yeah. in the best possible way she gave everybody the best stories if uh, boys were doing a nude scene she gathered all the girls to go watch them i'm like that is so inappropriate <laughs> so wrong so many levels but yeah yeah, but that's it. But these are the stories people are telling about yeah. her. And you're not, and we don't hear these stories, right? No. These people disappear. And I know uh, Jane Eastwood, oh. you just had um, her on the podcast of yes. uh, that Naomi just interviewed her. And she was also just receiving a Lifetime Achievement Award for Actra 
But how long did that take her to get any sort of recognition? <laughs> yeah, and she and, and it's interesting because I was there watching her speech and, and accepting and talking about it. Even for her, she kind of feels like, well, this might be my last job. And she, she like to me, she's a treasure. That yeah. woman is just an absolute force. But you have so many women that are like that. That are you know people going, oh, are they still acting? Like yes, they are. Yeah, just wait for a part. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so I think we are seeing that shift now. We are seeing projects that are coming. We are seeing you know a lot more female directors, executives producers etc etc and through that i think that that's changing the landscape of everything and we're also seeing dudes writing for women and writing yes. complex interesting parts for women like the movie mm, you picked today segue. yes <laughs> thank you getting good at them uh, you missed a lot cam i got much I better a lot of segues <laughs> Joanne, what movie did you pick? Dim the Fluorescence. Dim the Fluorescence. I had not seen this one. Cam, you had. What was the context? Well, I I, uh, saw it because it was a big deal that it won Slam Dance Mm -hmm. the year that it came out. And that's actually a couple Canadian films. I think the Dirties one as well that we talked about. So for a while, there was like a Canadian streak of winning. uh, And I'd heard that it was like very odd. I actually think... I might be wrong, but I think I chipped a very small amount of money to it crowdfunding. <laughs> That's so I got, awesome. Come on. I got a lot of uh, emails about it. So I was very well aware. And I mean, the premise sounds so crazy that you're like, there's no way to state the premise without being like, I don't understand how this is a movie. Exactly. <laughs> and what are they going to do with it? Obviously. Yeah. Joanne, what's this movie about? Uh, to me, it's, it's like, so it's about this aspiring actress and an aspiring playwright and they're basically trying to figure their way through things and creating things and then what they're doing is 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 creating these scenarios for corporations and um instead of it being like a corporate video it's an actual reenactment whether it be something like um you know harassment or dangers on the job and it's just such a an amazing premise of watching their journey and what they're trying to aspire to through this grueling interesting <laughs> And it's such an odd young person's point of view of a film, and it's very stylistically interesting. Yes. Uh, I think the best way I can describe it is it's Wes Anderson by way of Party Down. Yes. Um, because it deals with the unbearable pain and hardship of being an artist, especially when people around you are succeeding and you're like, I don't know what I'm doing with my life, but I know that's kind of what I want to be doing. Yes. But it's so heightened and theatrical and it steals a lot, well, steals, it emulates a lot of those like 60s art house cinema tropes, especially when uh, when it comes to like the titles and everything and oh, the cuts yeah. and, and the heightenedness of it, which is very Wes Anderson. Of all the Canadian films you could have picked, why? Because I just, because Claire Armstrong, I'm a massive fan of hers. She's I think fabulous. she is, and that beginning scene where they're, because when you're trying to figure out what is actually, I, I'm just riveted watching her go. I'm like, oh, but she's breaking down. And then when it, <laughs> you, you see, when it sets it up and you realize, oh my goodness, this is for just a corporate <laughs> event here and you're giving this Oscar winning performance, right? It's It's just so brilliant. So I was just. I just wanted to see something kind of different. And I think that the film completely, uh, it's, it is unlike any film I've ever seen. It, it has a, a interesting winding path um, narratively, you know, and it's, yeah. It's just the strangest little movie. And there's some things that you think are going to pay off later that never do. And you're like, oh, so part of it feels like 
a style exercise. You're like, okay, they wanted to try this, they wanted to play this. And it also feeds into the whole mythos and the and the drive behind the characters themselves in that they also never know when it's going to be their last chance. Yes. So they have to put everything into one <laughs> big chunk and just make it all pay off at the end. Um, they're, of course, the, the big climax at the end of this movie. Spoiler alert, go watch it. It's on iTunes and it's great. Yeah. I think they weirdly spoiled most of the plot in the description. I, it yes, exactly. Like they have one big show they're going to yeah. try to pull. <laughs> And they, they show all the people that they're inviting to yeah. the movie, and it's like this great, like, little Ocean's Eleven Armageddon. I'm like, is this a heist movie now? Like, what <laughs> is, this, is this what this turned into? And, yeah, so you get all these weird, like, little stylistic moments that work. Yes. But never pay off. No, none. You're in- Exactly. That's yeah. it. You're introducing. Wait, it was like, okay, well, Are they never know. coming yeah. back? <laughs> this is great. Like, these amazing, yeah, exactly. These, like, really fascinating, interesting characters. And then you want to, and we're like, oh, they're yeah. Yeah, they're gone. There you go. Yeah, no, we're not getting any of that. And then no. you get these highs and lows of emotion, which is very theatrical. Yes. So, Joanne, can you walk us a little bit through your training? How did you become an actor? So, I ended up, quite a few people in the business come from either families that are in the arts. I, I was not one of them. Um, so, but I was always a kid that in, enjoyed any like performance and anything in singing. And um, I started writing music. Probably when I was in about grade nine, I, again, I didn't go to an arts high school, uh, but I started, yeah, writing a lot of music and then getting interested in theater. And then I ended up going to York University for a year and figured it all out, um, <laughs> but flunking a lot of things because I spent far too much time in the pub and dyeing my hair and just being like, I'm an artist now. I had no idea what this was. And then I ended up going to musical theater school for three years and I graduated and did one musical which was based on Ubu Wa. It was an absurdist musical <laughs> with songs such as Roadkill Barbecue. And I played Ma Ubu. And and then yeah, it was just this insane bizarre path that I had. Um and I never thought I'd be doing film and TV ever. I thought my whole career would be in theater. And the last play I did was 19 years ago so yeah it's 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 amazing how you sometimes think it's going to be a particular journey or that you have to have this particular training or this you know to set yourself up for that but i i've found in my life you can come at it in so many different ways this is what i always say to young artists you know, you can learn and develop your craft in so many different ways. So just always be open to it. So as you're watching this movie, what do you want to yell at the characters at the screen? Oh my, I just, <laughs> I, I felt so deeply. And also like, just it's that moment where you're like, oh my goodness, like that's what it is to be an artist sometimes. And sometimes really like I, we need a little perspective on like the stakes of the game sometimes because you take things so seriously and you feel things so deeply. And really at the end of the day, life will go on, whether, you know, you get this part or, or you get a great review or whatever. And uh, that's what I, I took from it. I just laughed at myself a lot and cause I really understood what they were feeling. And then I was like, this is, very funny and that I'm sure a lot of people in my life who are not in the arts must look at my life sometimes and be like what are you doing yeah so I guess that's that's one of the questions I have about this movie is it as appealing to people who are outside of the arts as people who are in the arts because we can watch this and be like oh I've done that I've been like yeah. you have a website you've made it you know? <laughs> like because like, they, they do really set that sort of up but um do people outside the arts find movies about the arts especially this deep as intriguing I wonder. I, do, I, I yeah. don't know. I find this one also interesting because I feel like it's so deeply 
about Toronto's yes. art scene and Canada's art scene. So the fact that it won Slam Dance, which is like an international, at, at worst, it's an American competition. Yes. But it's an international competition. So it's like it must have connected. Like it's weird to me that there's so much deep humor about grants and stuff. <laughs> That, and like and just weird Toronto things where you're like, oh, I know that place. And yes, it, I know it's exactly, exactly what you you're think like, it would be. Yeah. Yes, no, so, and I love I that know. they try to get into that party, and then they're all kind of dressed up, and then they realize it's everybody that they know, and the, the like yeah. stress of that of like, so what are you doing yeah, next? Yeah. You know, and that yeah. kind of because I I feel quite often like I was having this conversation with somebody yesterday that we are in a type of career, especially as actors, you you kind of feel like a used car salesman sometimes because you're like, no, everything's beautiful, it's working yeah. great, you know, this is fabulous, you know, with the reality of it's no, everything is falling apart at times, you know, but you kind of keep going. So I think that the the film absolutely hits hits that perfectly and i think what's so intriguing about it too is that it's following theater actors it's not following people who care about film and television whereas i think most films are about watching people who want to be in film and television because that's where the money and the fame and the glamour are can you name the last famous glamorous theater actor right no that's the whole thing because it's so much about the work itself that you don't get caught up in the other stuff because the reality is you're you know, going from job trying to, because you're not making much money, right? So you have to be invested in the craft itself and the art. But that's what, yeah, it was really funny. Like, I love how seriously they take the script for, and like, and then she's waiting for it and then reading it and crying. (laughs) (laughs) It means so much. It means so much. But when you don't have that outlet, you know, when, how else are you supposed to be able to to get that catharsis to to do your work to do the to do the thing that you're you're meant to do? I don't know about you guys, but I've always felt the arts were a calling. Otherwise, why else would you do this? You'd go do anything else. Yes, right? that's what somebody I remember a piece of advice early on saying: if if it's money that you're looking for, then you should be working in a bank. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? It, it is it's true because especially as artists, there's so much of you that it takes that that it really has there's got to be something in you that is it's calling you you know because otherwise it's 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 to explain to people outside the industry what the stresses and are in it it's it's tricky and it's like oh so people judge you as a human being consistently <laughs> every day and you're like yeah yeah, yeah and it's yeah. like yeah i might be too big i might be too small i might yeah. be too me like yes. that's that's the problem yes yep. yeah yeah and you can't fill your resume with uh your yeah. the things you were up for, or you know, yeah, your second choice for. Yeah. <laughs> I was yes. so close was, to being yeah. the black girl. Yeah. I had to introduce somebody recently where I'm like, uh, they're very good on camera. I know because we like failed to do. Like it's like I have all this footage I could show you. <laughs> None of it exists, but I'm like, I know they're good on camera. Just take my word. But yeah, I don't. I but I also wonder if because this movie's so successful that maybe there is some universality to it yes. too, right? Because they've met, heightened it and made it so absurd, but also the women are so earnest. Absolutely. So you never question that they like love what they're doing. Yeah. But maybe if you are like, you know, maybe it just it kind of works as a corporate thing too. Well, that's like, why I like yeah. the fellow who's heading it up and the one he's like offering his talking about his mm. niece and yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's so and he's good. so good and kind of awkward mm. and like especially you know towards the end when he's introducing and you just sort of feel like the weight of of what he's going through as well and it's just it's so. <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, there's such a trick to this kind of heightened style, and mm. you need very specific people to be able to pull it off. And yes. one of the things I think they do so well in it is the casting. I mean, Claire Armstrong is like theater actor, born and bred. You can see her yes. at Tallulah Banquet any day of the week, you know? Um, mm. And then you've got Naomi Squarna, is how I believe you'd pronounce uh, yeah. her name. She's never acted in anything else again. She went to high school with the uh, what the writer, co-writer and director. Mm. Um, and he was like, I know she used to act in high school. I know mm. she's a writer now. Maybe she'd want to come play this writer. And wow. they auditioned her and we're like, oh, yeah, you're exactly the kind of weird we're looking for. Come do this. Yeah. And it works because yes. these are just people who are weird. And same with the character of Audrey Claire Armstrong. He had auditioned a bunch of people for this part. And he's like, so what are you doing? Like he'd seen her do other things while he was looking for funding for the movie. She's like, oh, I'm doing corporate gigs while I'm doing Macbeth at the same time. And he's like... Okay, this you're, is that's you're you're you. Yeah, yeah. It's meant to be. Yeah. Totally. I always find whenever you go to a short film festival, there's always one movie about how hard it is to be an actor. You know, yes. I auditioned for this, I did this, and and that comes out of the whole mentality of write what you know. Yes. Um, which there is some truth to it, but I also think you get a lot of like introspection, navel-gazing-y stuff that isn't necessarily interesting for other people. No. But this manages to, again, find these, like, universal elements of, like, people who are trying. Yes. And I think you can find that in, and trying as hard as they possibly can and not understanding why it's not their turn. But they're also not good people. No. Which is also kind of fascinating. Why do you love them? Why yes. do you cheer for them? Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's true. But I think you cheer for them because there's probably a something in them that resonates with you that you get even in the you know what I mean because they're they're all they're all flawed characters right yes. and I that's what I love you know I love when it's it's a, a character where you're kind of like really that's where you go okay that's where you're going and there's nothing predictable about them yeah and that's what I loved yeah yeah think, I mean they're underdogs too <laughs> like immediately just because of the weird society they live in and and I think because they you like you do it's always a highlight when you do watch their weird productions. So it's like, yes. I think you, you just want them to happen because you like, like that's always like a weird treat yes. throughout the movie. And Daniel Worth apparently got the idea for this when he was doing corporate video mm. stuff and he filmed his first one, totally phoned it in. You know, he wanted to be a movie maker. Yeah. This is just to make money for himself. And then he filmed another one and it was two guys who did do exactly that. This like incredibly <laughs> intense performance of a young man and his father who had Alzheimer's and mm. they were in a boardroom at the bottom of the boardroom table in front yeah. of six people. And he was like, I will never phone in my work again. Like these people just committed the so Commitment, hard. that's it. Exactly. And there's something so beautiful but sad yes <laughs> because it, it means so much to them and you're like wow <laughs> Real, like that is true commitment and does that inspire you to be a better worker like what does this movie inspire you guys to do or think that's a, I know it's a weird thing I don't know I just I think yeah maybe it is that kind of thing like whatever it is that you're you're going after in life like commit to it 110% because there is that, like, I'm I'm somebody that's not really into um, sci-fi or mm. gaming or something. But when I watch people and how much they love it, like, I'm like, I I am amazed at you. I'm kind of in awe that you're so committed to these things. And that's something that you're so passionate about. And you're willing to invest that amount of time. I'm like, hats off, you go for it. <laughs> you know? Because I think people need that in their lives, whatever it is that they're going to put that energy into. I am very impressed by people who like take the time to learn languages that oh, don't yeah. actually exist. <laughs> You're like, like High Valerian or Klingon. And I'm mm. like, you can have conversations with what, 300 people? Like, yes. that's great. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, and they would travel. Like I had to, I had to. It was at a convention one time. I was speaking it. It was like a Star Trek convention, mm. and I'd never seen Star Trek. <laughs> I still have never seen Star Trek, and it was all these people, and it was amazing, like the amount of like uh, costumes around and Klingon, and mm. and I was like, and and quite and in speaking to some of the people, they travel around the world to yeah. to meet pockets of friends, and they build all these things, and I'm like, I think that is amazing. Like hats off, like to be that passionate about something and just follow it. And the the fact that it'll take the toll on your personal relationships, like yes. these two women are. <laughs> friends yeah i know because yeah what do they need yeah and that's the whole thing at the end like what 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 are you gaining from one another you know what are you getting from this relationship well especially because the claire armstrong character is like the biggest (laughs) user in the world she's so awful (laughs) when she goes to like stay at his house and you're like what why is he letting you do that now that's something about this film i find really interesting as well is the use of reaction shots like you watch how people feel about things from the reactions as opposed to watching the actual thing itself happen in most cases um cam is that like a common trope and stuff uh, no not necessarily it's like, it's like a unique choice i think that the, you, you talked about the acting style and a lot of it's yeah very like a pretty unique choice they they have a lot of stage comedians are the actors that i like i recognize a lot of people from the comedy scene but yeah. not necessarily comedic actors more like yeah. kind of just like stand-up comics uh, including the funny older boss guy you talk about. He's a, he's a great comedian. So he's like funny. a Norm MacDonald style comedian. He's yeah. very good. And then the um, agent as well. Yeah, like yeah. what kind, like that performance you're like, and it's just so intimate when he's talking. Like, yeah. what, what is happening? <laughs> what oh, and there's all those in? intimate moments too. Like that's also a strange thing. It's like the camera almost has like a, like a French new wave thing where every once in a while it'll just show a conversation completely unrelated to the plot. He's very influenced (laughs) by Cassavetes, he said. Apparently they were going for like an opening night sort of thing. I was going to say Gina Gershon, but it's not Gina Gershon. Yeah, yeah. so it's interesting to see how when a young filmmaker is trying out different flavors of film and that they still have a voice that's strong enough that it kind of transcends whatever it is they're trying to imitate and try out, that it's like, okay, I can see see the reaction like shot consistent yeah yeah yes. knows that like it, it at least it exists within it within its own world it's like that like you were saying that there's like almost a touch of wes anderson stuff but the thing is it's never fantastic it's no. just yeah. well set designed and like well put together and well like well staged and the color yes. palette is yeah. like that pastel it's not yeah. too weird no like, yes. it doesn't seem like they really went bent over two backwards to make anything fit that. <laughs> but then you find moments that I find the most effective in Wes, An- Wes Anderson that this does as well is where the characters are speaking this very heightened, verbose sort of mm. thing and then they just say something that's just a very plain, common truth. So, yes. like in um, uh, Life Aquatic where Bud Quartz in the elevator with them he says, I'm just a man. And you're like, yes, that's the yes, whole that's point it. of this that's movie. Exactly, and those they, nuggets of wisdom, like right in there. They do the same thing in this because it's these people who are trying to be bigger than they are. They're mm. trying to be poetic. They're like, I'm an alcoholic. This is what I do, blah, 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 you know? And then they get at these like little moments where they speak plainly and you're like, it just uh. lets you cut through and they find just the right just the right tone of where that's supposed to sit so it actually does hit you properly. Absolutely. Ugh, this has got to, I can only imagine what the table reads that this looked like. 
Yes, because it's a long film too. Uh, that's that's what I was just—I yeah. was sort of shocked because—and that's the thing; it has these really lengthy scenes which you don't normally see. I was like, "What is happening?" Like that, that when she's dancing, like she, like you know, when she's in the apartment, she's sort of letting loose. I'm like, "This is epic! <laughs> Why is this happening?" Yes, I have to admit the length. I was like, "Okay, you could cut out probably about half an hour of this, and you'd be right yes, in you'd this be good. Spot. Yeah, yeah, you'd be good. Yeah, like, but it goes so many weird places. The other thing is like, what? It's not a—it's not a straight arc, right? Yes. So you're like, what do you remove? <laughs> That's it. Because it's just a, yeah, it's a, you know, rife with incident. Right. I, I forgot, like, I was waiting, having seen it before and watching it again, I was like, oh, yeah, and there's, like, the teenage girl. Oh, yeah. And she didn't even whole, come like, in until, like, an hour no. in. I'm like, oh, wow, yeah. And then her with her friend yeah. in the community store, like, and, like, <laughs> and the friend is all jealous that she gets to hang out with these cool people. And you're just yeah. like, what is this? Where are we going now? And then yeah. she's the most uh, the most grounded of all of them, right? Yeah. Ready? She's like, hey, you're going to need a cup of tea. We're yeah. going to have a conversation. Yes. You're just like, of course. Yes. You're like, so mean to her for no reason. Oh, yeah, she's <laughs> having to move all the heavy furniture yeah. herself. And you're like, why are you even doing this? It's yeah, because they're terrible human beings, terrible, <laughs> and like yeah. so abusive towards her. And you're like, what? But that's that sense of entitlement. Right? Yes, it's like we've we've earned our stripes. We, yeah. we've, we've suffered enough. Now we have to make somebody else suffer. And that's I, I think that is something in the arts too. It's like, have yeah. you paid your dues? If you book yeah. something and you're like, you know, right out of theater school, you book your leading role on a, on a yes. TV series, and everyone's like, oh, you didn't pay your dues. And it's no, like, yeah, <laughs> and like, especially in Canada, where it's like. You're never going to stop paying your dues. <laughs> no! You can be Paul Gross and still yes! get knocked down to nothing in yes! like half a minute. That's the whole thing. It's like always, yeah, you're up and down and up yeah, and down yeah. and you just have to kind of roll with it. But you tell people you got a new website, yeah, so everything's yeah, great. Yeah, exactly. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're at favorite moments, guys. It's gone so quickly. I would I, I would say definitely the beginning with the the with Claire Armstrong and the speech when you're when setting it up that it's it's a corporate um, a job that she's doing and and truly the agent the agent scene kind of killed me it's so great it's so kind so of he's sort of apologetic and you feel for him but you don't and you get her point but really you see his and but he's not doing his job no and he's he not have, and he should have dropped her but that's, that's okay because I think we all have had a points where we wanted to yell at an agent being like why am I on what is, what is happening? Yes. What is your job? What is my job? Like, oh man. Uh, Cam, how about you? Ben? Um. Well, one thing I like just overall is the one that you never see is their sexual harassment seminar, but yes. it's implied that it's so terrifying <laughs> that everyone's like shy. Like that's why that guy never wants to talk to her again, kind of, because the <laughs> sexual harassment right. seminar was so. All you hear is like screaming and like. <laughs> I really like that, but. There was a comedic moment that I had the like one thing that had stuck in my mind. Yeah, it's just like like we're saying one of those like flash quick comedy moments, and it's when they're at that horrible party where everyone's talking about Grant and stuff. And right at the end, when one of them has like gone through all this emotional stuff, she just finds the other one holding a lighter <laughs> by, a, by a sprinkler, and she just goes, "I'm ready to go." <laughs> and she's like trying to set off the sprinkler. That's, that made me laugh so much. She's like up on a stool or something. I mean, but she's again that complete flat affect. I'm ready to go. <laughs> so good. Uh, For me, it's the it's the play You're, when they go see Euripides and they go see Fiona in the play, and like you can't fake bad high school theater. You yeah. just have to like make them do it as hard as they can and put them in the costumes and have them walk over and put up their arm. Yeah. It's so good, and you're just like, and they look down on this even though what they're, they're doing. doing yes. they not, so ridiculous. Uh, and I also love that their friends. We didn't even get into their friends play. Also looks terrible. She's oh, like, yeah. yeah, it's based this on a dream. 
evil one yeah, the is one. like it sounds so bad and it's so like bad. it's not that good she's like renting out an office space she has a grant but it's like about the love lives of scientists it's so yeah. weird yeah. i know so yeah all the successful people also seem <laughs> like they're not getting anywhere and it's equally as stupid yeah exactly but yeah. they're tr- but it's a it's something about trying yeah. right That's and it. the futility within <laughs> that <laughs> whatever the core of art is yeah. oh my god all right, Joanne, you were talked about Redpoint that you're doing. Yes. Uh, is there any specific part of that you really want people to check out that you're like, start here, move north? Yeah, I think definitely, you know, check out the Firecracker Department podcast because it will really sort of set you up for, for what it is. And that whole thing we're talking about with Naomi, she's such a positive influence and supportive um, person that it's now getting bigger. We say it's more than a podcast now because it's a whole community and a movement really about how do we lift one another up? How do we empower each other through support as opposed to so there's so much positivity around firecracker department which i think in the world as it is at the moment that's we need all of it we can get so keep the voices coming and then for your own work how do people find you um so i guess you would find me i'm on twitter and instagram probably every halloween like some sort of zombie movie or something. <laughs> <laughs> i've usually run over things and you know have you been in all, all the saw movies or just two no i've i've only been in one but i've been okay. in uh, uh, george romero's land of the yeah. dead oh, and yeah. so nice. okay. I, I play the cool i will never be as cool as this character i, I drive over i, I drive yeah. a tank the dead reckoning and i have pigtails and i have a wicked jacket and i'm named pretty boy oh. i mean it was pretty dreamy it doesn't get better than that no, no. it doesn't that's your tank girl moment yeah, it was. I was like, yeah. whoa. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so good. Cam, you're yes, back. I'm What's back. going on? Uh, not a lot. Um, <laughs> Lies. No, I don't know. I think if, if you wanted to catch up on what I've been doing, probably go to the Hollywood Suite uh, YouTube channel. Most of the good stuff is there. I'd recommend if anybody... I, I didn't get any interviews with Canadians as, as much as I tried. Uh, but I have a good interview with Pavel Pavlikowski of Cold War. He directed that movie. That was and, great. He uh, looked so impressed by you. Because yeah, like... nobody wanted to talk to him. And, uh, <laughs> I like Polish cinema. Uh, and uh, Deborah Granick, who did uh, Leave No Trace this year. I did a long conversation with her because, again, nobody wants to talk to the good people who are nominated for Best Picture. I don't know. Whatever. Um, so, yeah, you can find all those interviews and some other stuff at Hollywood Suite. And, uh, yeah, I'm still around in my usual haunts, but... Uh, a little quieter. We're in production on stuff uh, coming soon, including with your co-host Becky Shrimpton. I know she'll be in it. They're going to yes. let me talk about things. Yeah. I'm so excited. It's going to be great. And so you can find me, as per usual, on the Twitters at Delish Shrimpton. That's the masculine Shrimpton over there. I also have a new podcast that's out right now from the Globe and Mail called AI Meets World. Uh, I am so proud of this show, guys. It was so much fun to do. My co-host Navneet Lang is one of the funniest men you will ever meet in your life. And if you are curious as to how the robots are going to take our jobs <laughs> and uh, how we're going to make life better, even though that's happening, you're going to want to go check that out. You can find that on the iTunes or Stitcher, however you get your podcast. However you got this podcast, you'll be able to get it there too. (laughs) I think that's just about everything. Joanne, do you want to go get a moose head? Yes! (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Royal Canadian Movie Podcast. If you like what we're doing, please remember to rate us and subscribe on iTunes or on your favorite podcatcher. It helps people find our podcast and Canadian media they love. Come chat with us at RCM Pod on Facebook or on Twitter at RCM Pod. Our theme song is by Craig Stewart and our show art is by Paul Stachniak. Join us next week for another great film from the wilds of Canadian cinema.